0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Before I start, um, I want to respect this general in the house, this man of God, who has also been a tutelage to my wife and I in the uh, prophetic and also in the apostolic. It was in there anything that you wanted to release.
1: Yes. Harvest stole my word. <laughs> 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 Prophetess Kalani, God said that you and Brother Derek are going to be trailblazers, forerunners. And God said, it's not unusual for you to be released on Father's Day, because he's sending you to turn the hearts of the son back to the father, and the father back to the sons. And weeks ago, God showed me a steam locomotive, and that was you, because he's sending you into uncharted territories, where you're going to be breaking through religious defenses, where the enemy has set up camp around Dallas. And we're going to bless your daughter that's already there, correct? And young man, God said, don't worry about it. He got you and your parents, but he's going to open doors. You're going to have new friends and provision for you and your families there. And God said, son, I'm going to increase the anointing upon you, for there will be signs, one the miracles, and that you're going to place gifts in people that come to you. And as she was saying about people coming to you, also this could be people that's going to be part of government. Politicians and the military is going to be coming to you also in the city of Dallas. Amen.
0: Amen. I receive that. Receive all the words that y'all. man God is good. He's faithful. Um, It is an honor to stand before God's people. Um, God called us to take dominion of the earth, but he told us not to own anyone because y'all belong to him. So I always consider it an honor to stand before his people. And uh, Remnant has been a very good blessing um, to me. There's been a journey that I've taken over my life to get to where I'm at now. And uh, a lot of times people say, "Me, I want to be just like you. No, you don't want to be like me. Because it's the journey that I had to go through to get to where I'm at. This journey caused me to go to jail more than one time. This journey caused me to be shot at more than one time. This journey caused me to be divorced one time. This journey caused me to go to a a juvenile facility one time. This journey caused a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of hurt, a lot of tears. So if you want to be like me, I would second-guess it because it's through the trials and the tribulations where you thought you couldn't make it. it is when God showed up. I had to get to a point where I had to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. It took me into my adulthood, not my youth, but into my adulthood to get to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because I was stubborn, prideful, didn't want to learn, didn't want to listen. I thought I had it all under control. But God knows how to get your attention. I never wanted to be a pastor. Didn't want no um, form of the ministry. Still don't want it. Uh, But it's something that God called me into. Because in this position there's a great accountability. I don't want to be like any pastor. I've seen too much foolishness in the church. And I asked God, and I told God, basically, I didn't ask him, I told him. I said, if you already know, I said, because you are omnipresent, you see everything, you know all, if you already know that I'm going to bring reproach on your name, do not Give me the position. If you already know that I'm going to get to a place that I'm going to get prideful, I'm become one of these prosperity preachers, rape the church, spiritually molest the church. If you already know beforehand While I'm on my way to heaven, before I go to hell, but while I'm on my way of doing good, then go ahead and take me home. Because it would be wrong to stay in this position, knowing already that I'm gonna go to hell for doing wrong when I started off good, but I turned away from you. While I'm doing good on my way to heaven, then let me go now so I won't have to go to hell. Because that would be your grace and that would be your mercy. To be away from him for eternity is a price that I do not want to pay. I'm just being transparent with you. Because Derek Lecapra, the human Derek Lecapra, is a trip. Don't look at the saved person. The human side of me Is a trip, and it only takes the anointing to keep me where I'm at. Because if I do it in my own strength, I will go to hell. But in his anointing to be able to keep me is where I will find my salvation. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the subject matter, and I know it's Father's Day. But the subject is called anointed to rule. Anointed to rule. But if I give you a subtitle, as you see on the screen, it would be called the Father's Blessing. The Father's Blessing. Today's message is not going to be a bunch of hooping and hollering and falling all over the floor. And knocking over chairs and all that, because that's a bunch of emotionalism. But if I teach you the word, then therefore you will be able to hear it and apply it. I've been a part of those ministries, all oh, that jumping around, and I'm saying this good because even David praised God. But when pray, David praised God, there was something that he also applied. He turned away from his foolishness and he was transparent with God and said deal with me because this David is a trip and he was an anointed king after God's own heart and being anointed to rule and as we see now that we see a lot of um, ministers in the gospel generals in the gospel that have fallen away and not saying that they've done wrong, but God has taken them on home. But as God has taken them on home, he's also raising up others to fulfill the task. And God is looking for people that can carry his anointing. He's looking for people that is willing to surrender. He's not worried about your title. He's not worried about my title. He just worried about me surrendering to him fully if you turn to Psalms 92 we're going to read through 7 through 10 Psalms 92 7 to 7 through 10 It says when the wicked spring as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish it is that they shall be destroyed forever but thou Lord are most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. This verse is talking about a wicked person to be snared. Although it seems the wicked person is getting ahead, he's not. He will eventually be snared. It is for them to be destroyed forever. So when you see the wicked and you know you're doing right and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but it seems like here it is, you're not getting ahead, but you see the wicked getting ahead, don't worry there's a trap being laid for them. And it's all of a matter of time before they're snared in their trap. Even when I used to work in the marketplace, I used to see all these people, you know, uh, I would say kiss the boss' butt, talk behind his back, but yet they're still getting ahead and here I am, you know, sacrificing for the company and doing everything and uh, they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm like, man, I mean, they call me at work, I come in, they need me to stay late, I stay late. I do this and I do that, and this joke over here talking behind your back, but yeah, you promote them. But it was always a matter of time. Because I waited, patiently. I'm, I'm strategic, I'm very patient. And an opportune time came along of a snare. And I see the trap. Of course, I ain't going to tell them about the trail because I'm trying to get promoted. (laughs) And they fall into the snare. And I'm standing to the side. I ain't going to lie God. Tell us not to celebrate when others fall, but I'm smiling. I ain't going to lie to you. And they fall. But yet they need somebody at that opportune time to take that position. And I'm sitting there patiently. And of course, they end up looking at me and I rise to the occasion. It's not about the fact that I'm qualified for the position. It's the fact that I've waited patiently and I did what I needed to do. And I learned what I needed to learn to be able to handle that position. Because it's, it's God ordained that I get that position. It's not for the wicked to be celebrated. It's as, as God was allowing them to fall in the trap. He was also perfecting me. He was, always, you know, was also developing character in me. He was also developing integrity in me. Because if I he did not have a character, if I did not have integrity, I could not have the position he would give it to somebody else. But don't worry about where you're at. Because there's anointing that's being released for you to rule. And in this anointing, there comes a great sacrifice. Anointing is something that God really cherishes. He doesn't hand it out freely. He wants to see how much you want it. How much are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to do your due diligence? I remember Dr. Miles said something one time. In order to know if something is authentic, it first has to be tested. Now, God... Is into raising up individuals full of his anointing. But he has to have someone that is authentic. Because we already know that the enemy is anti. And he's not trying to bless anyone with an anti Christ spirit. But he wants someone that is fully surrendered to him. And he needs some carriers that is willing to sacrifice for him because he paid the ultimate sacrifice. How do you think you're gonna walk into the anointing and you don't pay no sacrifice? Well, he stretched his arms on Calvary, paid the ultimate price, and you think you're not gonna to have to sacrifice? We are going to have to sacrifice and we're gonna to have to suffer for this anointing. In the midst of our enemies, God releases anointing. God anoints a man, so his, we talk about God, authority can be exalted. The purpose of the anointing and the significance of the anointing is most explicitly revealed under the old covenant. Because anytime a man is to ascend before governors of kings, his Ascendancy is on the strength of an anointing. When Moses was sent out before Pharaoh, he didn't go as a natural man. He went as an anointed man. Because we're going to look at it like this. I remember one time I was talking to a CEO of a business and um, an individual wanted to have... um, wanted to speak with him. He was a a person um, that had connections. And the CEO turned around and told him, you can go ahead and meet with my executive assistant. He did not want to have a conversation with him. And due to the fact I had access to this multi-millionaire, I asked him, I said, this guy had a lot of connections. Why you didn't want to speak to him? He turns around and looks at me and he said, because CEOs only talk to CEOs. He did not have the anointing to have the access to him because he was at a certain level. But if he was at, a person says, CEOs don't like going through middlemen. They always like to talk to the direct person. Even though he had the connection, he was still looked at as a middleman because he did not carry the weight nor the, the money, even though he had the access, he was still looked at as a middleman. But if he had the king's anointing, because he came in his natural ability, if he had the king's anointing, then therefore he would have had access to the CEO. Now, I had access to the CEO, even though I'm not a multi but I came with an anointing. And he looked at me as a CEO because I carried myself like a CEO, but I also had connection to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the great I am that gave me to the ability to walk in, in any room as a CEO. Because in this anointing, it gives you the ability, and I'm going to challenge your theology here, We always talk about the supernatural. And then we also talk about the natural. But what Moses did was supernaturally, and we stopped there. We stopped there. Well, that was a supernatural ability, supernatural wonders. But he walked supernaturally natural. That's the reason why they was, who is this man? how is he able to do wonders the people the, the, the children of Israel was looking at his ability in the aspect of he had the anointing but they also looked at him as this natural man doing miracles signs and wonders but they also was mind boggled because of his natural body but it came a supernatural anointing that laid upon his natural, that caused him to be supernaturally natural. That's why miracles, signs, and wonders will be operated through those that have paid the ultimate price that God is going to supernaturally lay his anointing on your natural That's going to make things materialize and otherwise that could not happen in your natural ability. That's the reason why, even when I came here today and I had to stand before you, I said, God, I do not want to preach before your people. If you're anointing, it's not going to be laid upon my natural, because I supernaturally can't do it unless you supernaturally t- naturally touch me to be able to release your word. I can naturally stand up here. I can naturally talk. But it's only going to be the supernatural that's going to give me the ability to touch you where you are To release a prophetic word that will be confirmation. And there's many of you here at one time, but it's going to be tailor-made for each and every individual. That's supernatural. Because I couldn't do that naturally. But getting back to Psalms 110, oh, we're going to start with, oh, yeah. Let's go to Psalms 110. We have one of the Psalms 110, right? Right, okay. Psalms, 10, Psalms 110, 1. And it says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And if you look in Acts 1, 8, it says, but ye... Shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all in Judea and in Samaria and in unto the uttermost part of the earth Psalm ten one will help you understand acts one eight because in psalms one ten one it's talking about Jesus. Sitting at the right hand of the Father, which is God, after he ascended back into heaven. Now we understand that the right hand in kingdom language means the place of administration. Because when he ascended unto heaven, you got to keep in mind, he said, I want you to sit at my right hand. And also, the right hand means authority. When we ascend unto heaven, we're going to sit at the right hand of the Father. And those that sit to the left will be going to eternal damnation. But when you sit at the right hand of the Father, and which Christ did, he seated at the right hand of the Father. He's, therefore, he sit in a power position. And in that came authority but also I want to show you something here not only did he sit in a position of administration but he also sent it in a position called the anointed one a lot of times we say Jesus Christ and we get the mindset that Christ is his last name Christ is not his last name You got to remember that he had a father. He had a stepfather. And he had his mother. He could have had their last name. But his name was called Jesus Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. He had a specific name that he had to be given. Because in this name... It's going to become with much weight and much power. You had a name when you were born. But God already had a name over you before you were predestined. And your name carries weight. Some of your name will be changed. Because the name that was given to you spoke, did not speak life, it spoke Death. It didn't speak to where God was taking you. If you look at St. Jacob, his name was changed. He said, Your name should not be called Israel. You're no longer a trickster. I want to invite you today to get to know the Father. And this anointing is going to cause a great great level of patience, it's going to take a great level of surrender, it's going to take a great deal of you waiting on God, because this journey is not a quick journey, it's a journey of development. And the only way you can get through development is when you surrender totally. If you want to take a long time to be developed by playing around, then, hey, it's going to take you a little bit longer. It ain't God's fault. It's your fault because you just continue to keep playing. But when you just go ahead on the surrender, it makes it go a lot quicker because you're learning what you need to learn, you're doing what you need to do, and you're going ahead and you're grabbing horns of the mission. It took me so long. I'm playing catch-up time right now. I'm gonna be honest, I'm playing catch-up. Because I played around so long. I graduated high school with a 1.5 GPA. A D average. It's not the fact that I was dumb. I just enjoyed playing around. I wanted to hang out with my friends in, in school. I thought it was cool and we did everything and we did this and we did that. I got my mother here so I can't tell everything I did. Something still not uh, Some things she still don't know, you know. But, you know, I did it because I thought that I had all the time in the world. And I look back now, here I am, 51, and I'm playing catch up. And I know I get on my son's nerves because I'm always on their back because it's my job as a father to show them where I've been and where I want them to go. And being a father is not an easy task. Because I'm not in in a position to be their friend. Of course I want to be a cool dad, but I'm not worried about being cool. I'm worried about being their father. And I'm a little bit more stern, well, I would say a lot more stern, than my wife. She's the nurturer of the house. Her job is to nurture them and she's there to love them and caress them and all that, which is good. They need that. They need that. And she helps balance me out with that. But also, at the same time, they need structure. (laughs) And we need to bring that weight. Now, she can say something that may take them a little bit more longer to move. I turn around and give a look, and I say something, it's going to be automatic. And if I got to say something two times, then we're going to have a serious problem. I mean, that's just the way it is. And that just the way it's how it's going to go. And I also tell them, also, I don't care how big you get, because one day you're going to get taller than me. But I still open up that chest. You know, so that just... That's just how it is. I mean, my dad is, you know, of course, a lot older now, but I'm still scared of him. You know, I mean, I remember my dad hit me so hard one time, I, you know, he hit me like I wasn't even his son. You know, you know, <laughs> and after that, I learned respect, you know, you know. So, I, you know, it just it takes that sometimes. And I, I tell my son, I, I hope that we don't ever go across that road because sometimes, you know, as they get older, you get that testosterone going, you know, they think they, you know, got ultimate power. But I know how to deflate it. You know, so it just, that just, you know, mothers just, some of y'all don't understand that. But I just, you know, sometimes some fathers, you know, you already know, you probably done had that dealing with one of your sons and you had to let them know that, you know, you still that grizzly bell, But... I love my sons, and, I, and, it's, and, it, and it takes an anointing to be able to operate in this role of a father. You don't need an anointing to be a dad. But you need an anointing to be a father. <clears throat> good, good. Good. Because I understand that good, good, good. for God to be the father of the fatherless yeah. all at one time takes an anointing. It takes an anointing to do that. We got many men out here now that's releasing sperm, making babies, ain't taking care of them, and they using the word father. No sir, no sir, no sir, you're their dad. But if I have to turn around and be a mentor, or if I have to turn around and be the father, then you taking my name when you haven't earned it. Because I'm the father, you're the dad. So I want to encourage in this walk that it takes an anointing to operate in everyday life. Wow. And the other night, me and my wife, we was out, and uh, we went to a restaurant. And we were celebrating Father's Day, and um, we had, uh, my, I wasn't going to be seeing my father-in-law for a while because we were getting ready to move, and he was with us, and we got through uh, um, uh, celebrating in we left the uh, restaurant, we walked outside. And as we was standing outside and we was talking, um, I realized that there was a, a male figure looking at me. And what really made me like, I would say temporarily frightened, is was that this guy was demon possessed. He was on drugs, but he was embodied by a demon. And he had his body, like I'm standing right here, my body's facing towards you. He literally, which is it's humanly impossible to do this, he turned around and had his neck this way. Now I'm looking at him, his body is, he was, you know, facing, okay, no, he was turned this way. We were standing over here and he was turning that way. His body was like this, but his neck was like that. And he's looking at me. And I said to my wife, I said, look at that. And she turned around and she looked and she was like, and I began to pray right then and there because that was a demon in this man's body. And he was looking at us from afar, but the fact of it is he didn't come close because he respected the anointing. But as I began to pray, up under my breath, he then walked away. But I was like, that is the first time that i ever seen a devil embody somebody and had his neck turned like the exorcist. And I want to tell you that devils are real, and they, know that, and they know who's anointed, and they know who ain't anointed. And I want to say it's, it's very important, even in this perilous times that we're in now, is that you better be carrying the anointing. Because it's about to get real up in here. Because the laws that they're, pla- they're placing, the things that they're doing, if you don't think that Jesus is coming back, I mean, <laughs> then where you being? been? Because at this time, I assure you that he is on his way back. And I know what you've been talking about for years, and you've been growing up here, and he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. But never in scriptures have we seen biblical prophecies unfolding like how they're unfolding now. And that means, and no one knows the time nor the hour when he's going to return. I don't even know that. But he says, watch and pray. And as you see things unfold, soon I shall return. Because I come like a thief in the night. So I want to encourage you that you need to be marked with an anointing that is going to separate you from everyone else. You either the wheat or you either the tear. When the anointing comes upon you, it is for rulership. You are to align with the anointing, you are to participate with the anointing, and his mandate has to do with rulership. So when the anointing comes upon you, it is for the ability to help you rule. Whatever God has called you to do, it's going to take the anointing that's going to help you to rule in that department which, where you were called. Amen, amen, amen. If, you're, if your anointing is called to be a prophet, you're going to need the anointing. If your anointing is called to be an evangelist, you're going to need the anointing. If you are called into the marketplace, you're definitely going to need the anointing. Anywhere where you call, even being a missionary, you're going to need the anointing. I, I, mean, I don't have that anointing. I couldn't be no missionary. I just couldn't do it. I can't sit out there and be sleeping without no AC. I can't be eating some of these strange food that they be eating. You got to take on this culture. I mean, I just, I just can't do it. That's not my calling. I ain't even going to try to do it. So, I mean, why are you out there with the natives, hey, amen. God bless you. I'm going to be over here at the hotel. You know, I just, that ain't my calling. Now, we can go out there for temporarily. I'll go out there, shake your hand, and we we'll release a good word, but I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> you know, I just came. Up. So I got some friends right now on the mission field. They out there, and they have it. They putting up their Facebook pictures. They smiling and all that. I I'll be one that would be out there frowning. I'll be like, man, it's time to go. You know, I've been out here a little bit too long. You know, I ain't I ain't. You know, these flies and you know. You know, and I ain't talking about Africa. They always like to paint Africa like they're a bunch of flies and all that. Africa is a very beautiful place, and it's a very wealthy place. You know, a lot of them pictures that they be showing, you know, it's just to scam you, and the money ain't even going to the people. It's going into their pocket. So I just want to encourage you, you know, Africa ain't all what they're making it out to be. It's a very lovely country, and it's a very prosperous country. It's just that it's a messed up uh, government that's taking all the money, that's not filtering to the people. But that's another story. To get back to Moses, it says you can talk about the anointing outside, you cannot talk about the anointing outside of the mandate to rule. We've been called to rule upon the earth and not just in heaven. The anointing is for ascension. It it causes you to go up in levels If you're finding yourself not progressing and dying, that means your anointing is lacking or you have not been anointed from heaven. When God wanted to deal with you, it's going to challenge your theology here. When God wanted to deal with you, he took you and put you in Christ. As he dealt with Christ, he dealt with you. By God's authority, he decided to include you in Christ. Everything he did to Christ, he did to you. Now, Christ says that he's married to the church. I'm married to my wife. My wife can't come home and have something that affects her, and it didn't affect me. If it doesn't affect me, I question my relationship. Evidently, I'm not truly married. So whatever affects you, it also affects Christ. Look at John. He said he, left his, he laid his head on Jesus' bosom. When Jesus laughed, he laughed. When Jesus cried, he cried. Because there was a relationship. There was intimacy there. And so whenever you find yourself in a position where you don't feel God's anointing, Say you do something we call sin because sin separates you from God. And you feel the Holy Spirit grieved. That means that there's something that you have done that has affected him because he abides in you. When you no longer feel him grieved, that means he's now absent from you. And that's a very dangerous place. The fact that you feel him grieved, that means that there's still an opportunity to perfect your relationship. Because he's not going to press himself upon you. He's going to give you, let you know that, hey, I'm grieved here. I don't like that. But when you ignore him, his grievance, but yet you still choose to do what you want to do, then he said, what I'm going to do is now, the fact that you want to worship that more than you want to worship me, then what I'm going to do is I'm now going to step outside of you. Because I cannot be in a place where it affects my relationship with you. You're either going to love me more or you're going to love that more. But so today you need to choose. So it is very important that we respect when God lets us know that, hey, I'm not happy with that decision. I need to change your mindset. I need you to now be transformed, and I also need you to conform. See, in, see, transformation never happens through experiences. Transformation happens through encounters. When you have a true encounter with the Holy Spirit, it will cause you to make a total turnaround. It will make you want to ascend. And it will make you want to separate yourself from the world. Because now you have came into a newness. And this transformation can be kept. But it only can be kept through what? Surrender. When God wanted to deal with... Okay, I already said that. Uh, In Romans chapter 6... It said, God ascended, God raised us from the dead. When Jesus was raised, we were raised because we are in Christ. If you tune into the glory of the Father, that which wants to dominate you, you will be dominated because the Holy Spirit come with a mandate to rule down. Let me read that again. If you tune to the glory of the Father... That which wants to dominate you, you will be dominated because the Holy Spirit comes with the mandate to rule down. When the Holy Spirit comes, it comes to rule down, which makes your enemies bow down. It comes to rule. No one can stand and be ruler at the same time of the Holy Spirit. There's only going to be one ruler. And it comes to rule down, which causes everything to bow down. That's why a lot of times when you see people come up to the altar and they just bow down because they understand that there's a greater power. When Jesus died because you were included in him, you died. When Jesus was buried, you were buried. When he was resurrected, you was resurrected. And there's an expectation for you to live in the newness of life by the way you were resurrected. He also ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand, which is the authority of the Father. That means, according to Ephesians chapter 2, we ascended and sitting far above principalities and powers. We have gone beyond the need to fight. We are already victors. Your anointing come from the anointed one. Because we are in him, we abide in him, and he abides in us. Your anointing comes from the real that's beyond conquering. Remember the words. The word says, we are more than conquerors. That means we are past battles, past fighting. This shows our ascension. The grace that's in the anointing comes from the ascension realm, which means it's beyond the battle, which means we need to ascend and to stop fighting these worldly fights and fighting in our flesh and ascend because we are ascended higher outside of these fights. We have already conquered it because it was conquered on Calvary. So we need to understand that a lot of the situations that we're going through and that we look at, you can't look at it as being defeated because it's already been conquered. For example, you can get a word, a prophetic word, and you all, I mean, you're excited. The prophetic word is to give you vision to see where you're going. Now, although God has already seen, seen it because it's already his end, it's his past because he's already seen it. But you've seen it because it's your future. But the thing that they don't tell you is that you're going to have to live it. God doesn't show you the process that you're going to have to go through. Now, he shows you the vision. Just like we just got some word just a few minutes ago. But we also got to live it. Now, we're already prepared because there's going to be some battles. If God were to show you that I'm going to be a pastor, if God were to show me back then that I'm going to be a pastor, okay, well, He showed me that I'm going to be a pastor. But he didn't show me all that I'm going to have to go through before I get there. I would have told him, the well, way you can keep the pastoring. <laughs> because I will not want to go through that process. So, in other words, for God not to tarnish the word that you have, he's given you, what he's going to do is, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give you hope. That even though what you see right now is not going to be at always, I'm going to take you to a Canaan land. But he, what he's not going to do is going to show you the process that you're going to have to go through to get there. And that's where you're going to see his grace work. That's where you're going to see his mercy at. And that's where you're going to see him Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm close to wrapping up, but I just wanted to come with an encouraging word for you today about the anointing to rule. When God wanted to deal with you, he did, okay, he took you, quote on, okay, now got lost in my place. If you tune to the glory of the Father, that which means, okay, I got that, I'm sorry. Okay, my thing skip skipped down here. The anointing upon you is is designed to bring ministry to other people. The anointing upon you makes you wise to know what to say, to know what to do, to know the actions to carry out that the Holy Spirit gives you. The anointing within you is designed to give you the ability to live supernaturally natural, You pray in order for the anointing upon you to be available for you to preach and to do ministry. You also pray for the anointing within you to rise to the occasion and give you the capacity to live the way Jesus lived. And we're going to close with Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. In Luke 418 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me. To heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Father has already given you a blessing, and he gave you that before. You was ever brought into this earth. I want you to know that there's something that can help you in your daily life that will help you win every battle. Yea, that I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadow. I never seen a shadow kill nobody. but it's with his anointing the shadow that you see will not prevail because you are more than a conqueror. I want to invite you today not only to experience, but I want you to have an encounter with the anointing that God has released for you. It is a Father's blessing. My wife and I are leaving to go to Dallas, not in our natural ability, but in our obedience to the Father. And what I've asked of the Father is to release an anointing that will cause us to reign and to rule and to make everything bow down. It's going to take anointing for that. My human side is somewhat fearful. But my spirit, it is not. Because I already know that I'm going to rule. And we're going to reign. And I'm not your sister church. Because I'm a man. We are your brother church. We always know we hear about those sister companies. But I ain't no sister. I'm a brother. So I'm your brother church. And we're going to go there. And we're going to rule and we're going to reign. And we're going to do great things for the kingdom. And we're going to do it through the anointing that God has released. But I want you to go ahead and stand right now. Not to me, but you're standing before the Father. I know this is more of a teaching, but I wanted to tell you today that. God loves you and he wants to bless you and I want if you looking for a fresh in field and if you need the anointing that can move mountains the anointing that can heal the sick the anointing that can open up the eyes of the blind the anointing that gives you wisdom to talk to CEOs the wisdom that gives you the ability to know when things are going to happen before man even knows. He said, I will release nothing upon this earth until I tell my prophet first. It takes an anointing for that. You're not coming up here to me. You're coming up here to the Father. I'm going to stand back and let the Holy Spirit do what he does. But if you're looking for a fresh anointing, you're looking for a fresh infill, I want to invite you up to the front. And I want you to come up here and ask the Father personally to give you a release. This year is almost over, but why finish it without the anointing? So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and step back and if one of you want prayer, or if you want a fresh infill, I want to invite you to the front. It's not going to be long. It's going to be simple. We don't have to conjure up anything. The Holy Spirit is already here. If you don't feel like you need a fresh interfere, you don't have to come up. But I only want those that are really hungry and they want an interfere. They want a fresh release of the anointing. I want to invite you to the front. And I'm going to ask the leaders here to also come on up as well to help minister to the people. I'm asking ask my wife to come up as well, and I, I also want to apologize. I didn't acknowledge you as when I began to speak. I want to apologize to you for that, because this is the woman that stands behind me. This is the woman that deals with me. She's anointed for me. I even asked her when she first decided to get married to me. I said, Do you feel like you called to me? People just get married, just begin married, but you got to understand: Are you called to that person? That's the first ministry. If you don't feel like you called, some of you are already married, so it's too late. You can't get divorced now, but, but if you dating someone, you need to ask, you need to find, you need to search yourself. First thing you need to ask that man, where are you going? And if you don't know where he going, you already know you don't need to marry him. But you need to find out if that person, are you called to that person? And if you're called to that person, then you're gonna be graceful. That's why we have so many divorces now, because individuals are not called to individuals. That's your ministry. It's a ministry. Marriage is a ministry. So you need to find out, is that priest or is that woman of God? Or are you called to that individual? It's going it's to keep you from getting a lot of divorcees up here. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you right now for the anointing. We just pray for a corporate blessing, a corporate release. Father, we thank you that this house it is an anointed one. This house is a, is a remnant. It is the few that has your anointing. And we release it today, oh God. We release it upon your people. And we thank you for a fresh infield. Move how you want to move, O Holy Ghost. Have your way. Touch your people. Release upon them that tailor-made anointing that you have for them. We thank you right now, God, that this is being done. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And all the leaders, you can go ahead and start ministering each each individual. We just thank you, Holy Ghost. We just thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for the fresh infield. Hallelujah. We just give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus.
1: Go ahead and pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for everyone else. Come on, you guys go and pray. Father. I pray the Father's blessings now over those who are coming. I pray the Father's blessings to rule. The Father's blessings to rule in the marketplace. The Father's blessings to have dominion in the place where they have. I pray that you will reveal. Thank you for tuning in.
0: For more information about us, please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.